Hello, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And since it's Oscar time now, I insisted on having an Oscar nominee as my guest this week. Um, you know, he's an egomaniac and he's trouble. And, you know, you better watch out. But he's still here. He's Richard Jenkins, nominated as Best Supporting Actor for a little movie called The Shape of Water. I, you know, you hear of it? I've heard of it. And I think everybody that sees it has a little bit of love that they take from this movie. And a lot of that love goes to you, Richard. I think, really, this is um, that kind of movie that yeah. hits you. It does hit me. It did hit you. Yeah. I saw it in, a, in an editing room first with temp music. Great. And the best some, way. Yeah, and uh, some, some of the effects weren't finished. And I actually forgot I was in it. <laughs> That's, For I, uh, you, that's a compliment. Right. right. As you said, I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> yeah, it was like, right. I'm usually like, when, when do I come back on screen? Um, I forgot I was in it. Uh, and when I popped up again, I went, oh, um, I got lost in it. It was just so cool. But when you see a movie, you know, many times, you're an actor. You're in a movie. You don't know how it's going to turn out. No, no idea. And here, it turns out, and it's... 13 Academy Award nominations. And it was 10 years ago, I guess, when you did The Visitor where you were nominated for the first time. Yeah. yeah. That didn't get 13 nominations. No, no it didn't. Should have. Should have. It's yeah. a great movie. It was a great and movie. And Tom yeah. McCarthy and is having a good career, isn't he? <sighs> you know? Amazing guy. So Amazing that's guy. a really good thing. But wh- what do you do? Do you, when you find out, do you and your wife go out and celebrate? What happens um, when you... When you're nominated, I, we had dinner with a couple the first time, and we repeated it this time. We have a, two good friends of ours that we said, you know, the, actually I'd forgotten Sharon, my wife Sharon said we, we had dinner with John and Susan, so <laughs> so we called them up, and said let's go out to dinner. That's what we did. So John and Susan are always going to be included in these nominations. <laughs> right. they, got, they got another ten years to wait. By that time, I'll be eighty years old. It's all, it's like, doesn't matter. Know. You know, the nomination is always feeling good. Isn't it, it? That's amazing. It's so, incredible. You know, Richard, for those benighted souls that haven't yet seen The Shape of Water, yeah. um, what describe a little bit of who Giles is? Oh, who John, is oh, oh Giles! Oh, what did you think I was going to ask? Uh, it, describe the movie. I can't. I can't describe. All right. Well, then describe the movie. I like that you couldn't do it. I can't, I can't I, do it. I, I did that already. But you can describe who he is. Yeah, he's an artist. Uh, he's he's an illustrator for an ad company. He's lost his job in 1962 because they're starting to use photographs now, and uh, he's trying to get keep this account and um, he's a gay man who's living in secret as most gay people did in 1962 and he has a crush on this young man that works in the pie shop and his best friend is Sally Hawkins his neighbor who is uh, a cleaning woman in this scene now I'm talking about the whole movie yeah. it's, just, it's okay uh, but you've got it you've got to put it in contact she's a cleaning woman I don't woman want to do it it's too this, much hard work it is it's very yeah. hard in a, in a government facility and she's mute, and um, I understand her sign language, which means we've been friends for years. And she loves to watch my television because I have old musicals on, and I, I give her all the lowdown on each one and who is the star and what they did. And so we have this fabulous relationship, which I feel like I'm kind of the, I'm the teacher, she's the student. And we find out at the end of the movie that it's really the other way around. And um, it's a fabulous part. It's a part that has its... He has his own life. He has his own wants and dreams and desires. It's, he's not connected to the main story 
until no, he doesn't seem like ever seem like a plot device. No, you know, he's the not. Way it's written. He, Even if he were and you played it, it would still be a real character. Well, but you didn't. It, it was there. It was there. It was all on the page. He wrote it, and and until he comes to the conclusion that wait a minute, she's the person who really loves me is living right next door to me. She's my friend, and I've forsaken her. And so, um, when I read this thing, and I thought these are this is a human being. Uh, so I thought, is he going to cut all this stuff? Is he? He didn't. He left it. So it was amazing. But you got to work with Sally Hawkins too, who's another person that. Uh, ever since I saw Happy Go Lucky, yeah. I wanted to work with Sally Hawkins, <laughs> and uh, I she's so fantastic in this movie. So it was you who said to Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> "Yeah, it was uh, me. I want all the lines. Basically, you should make her mute." I, you know, people yeah. say, isn't that hard? I say, wait, wait a minute, I say my lines and hers? No, no, hard. That's, sure. That's what we like. <laughs> um, it was interesting. You know, that, that's an interesting uh, a dilemma that he solved in a beautiful way. He and v- Vanessa Taylor, his, <laughs> his, the, who co-wrote the screenplay with him. Um, you know, when people sign, you don't answer you just understand, and you say you whatever you say back to them. Yeah, because she can hear you. In she this can. scene, I speak what she signs. It's the only time in the movie that we do that. She, everything else is um, in s- subtitles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what the way he got around it was not around it. He really, she wanted. She said, "I want to make sure you, you understand everything that I say." Uh, and I say, well, she said, "I said, well, I don't. I understand what you're saying. I don't have to repeat it." And she said, "No, no." The, and it's a beautiful because I miss. I say something wrong in the middle of it, and she goes back and corrects me, um, which was just a mistake in the shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it's a it's a beautiful Those way. happy accidents. Well, you know, this movie was full of them. Of. It was full of them, and, and that's one of the ways you can tell that it it feels right. Things just happened um, on set that were really fun and interesting. Now. I I read a story about you recently because, of course, any time there's a nomination involved, then you come out and, and say, say, "This is what." Things, yeah. <laughs> well, stupid things are the fun things, though. See, the, the problem is me. I have nothing to say, but I never shut up. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But okay, you can say that. <laughs> but you said in this article that. Um, I feel I have nothing to offer. Right. Can you genuinely say that after this? I mean, look, you you won an Emmy as you should have for Olive Kittredge, nominated for The Visitor. People remember you from Six Feet Under, you mm-hmm. know, Ghost Father, you know, right. who right. just comes in and talks to the family. You know, we all again, you couldn't shut up. You had to <laughs> tell this family like me, yeah. exactly what was happening. Right. And so many performances that we see you in that. I remember you even in Burn After Reading for the, for the Coen Brothers running yeah, yeah. that hard body fitness <laughs> center. Stupid. <laughs> Whatever again. I know. But after all of these, and I'm just scratching the surface of the things that you play, people see you and don't they come up and say, I know you from somewhere. And they say, I don't think you have anything to offer. They say that. They say that's that why you it. That's where I it. got it from. But no. how could you say that? Because... Given that... It's so clear that you do. I think actors, a lot of actors, we, we, you realize how, what a fine line it is. Um, and most, I don't think many of us think we're very good. Um, it's just part of the deal. Um, 
I don't know what it is, you know. There, it doesn't mean when I see a performance that I, I can like it and say, oh, that's better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and uh, I think it's, uh, I love what I do, and I give great respect to what I do, and I think sometimes that it, that I'm not as good as I'd like to be. You know, once you start saying, I know the answer to this, I know what it is, it dies, it's dead. You just have to keep on trying to figure out your place in this art that you're in. And I do think it's an art. I don't, I mean, it's an interpretive art, but it's an art. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think when you stop doing that, when you, when you start thinking, all right, I got this figured out, you're, you're, you're done. But what I mean is the versatility that you can play a complete moron if needed. Oh, yeah. You I know? mean, that, that I have something to offer to. Yeah. <laughs> you can do. Well, Step Brothers, a lot of us feel that that's one of the great unheralded uh, I love films. I think it's a great film. And so I read something that uh, you have to tell me is true, I, I, because it's too good a story not to be true. And if you tell me it isn't, then I'm going to be angry. Well, uh, but that you used to drive a linen truck. I did. That was owned by the father of John C. Riley. Yes. Whose father you played. Yes. In yes. <laughs> and, and, and we didn't know it. Well, of course you couldn't know it then. Uh, I asked John at the end of the shoot, "What is?" Your, I knew he was from Chicago, and I'm from mm-hmm. the area. My wife is from the city, and uh, he said, "Well, my dad died when he was 59, he, he, and my my kids never met him, and my wife only knew him a little bit." And I said, "What did he do?" He said, "He was the vice president of, of a laundry in Chicago." Hmm. I said, "Oh, you know, I I drove a a laundry truck for Union Linen." He said, "My dad was vice president of Union Linen," and I went, "Oh, yeah, right. Your dad was John Riley." He said, "Yeah." I said, oh, God, he was my boss. <laughs> it was, he said, no. I, I said, yeah, yeah. And my father-in-law worked at the linen company. He got me the job, and I drove a laundry truck for about four months. I had five accidents. And, um, <laughs> four months, five accidents. I actually Good. backed into my boss's car when he was in the car. And I said, okay, I guess I'm, <laughs> I, I guess I'm done now, right? And he said, no, no, no. <laughs> No, it's fine. I said, I just put a huge dent in your car. He goes, no, it's fine. No, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. I said, I, I backed into your car. He said, look, if you quit, I got to do the route. So it's fine. You go ahead. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I have to say, you really, as the laundry truck driver, I had sucked. nothing to offer. I sucked. I sucked. Really? Yeah, really but bad. my father-in-law, back to the story, had the Riley family up to his cottage in Wisconsin, right over the, the Illinois line. And he had his boat up, and he brought his kids. And I put all of his kids in the boat. I took John when John was five, and I lifted him up and put him in the boat. It's wow. amazing. I mean, it was incredible. It is one of those things. It's just it's almost impossible. It, it, How it could is. it possibly happen? And that it would come together in Step Brothers just makes the most sense And in the world. I remember him saying, as I was lifting him up, um, I'm going to make a lot more money than you. I didn't know what it meant at the time. <laughs> But now I see. <laughs> Always tell that yeah. to children. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it gives you that feeling of superiority. And, and he, he, you know, he said that to me, and I just, I didn't. You know. Yeah, that's yeah, just one of those things, <laughs> yeah, right. you know. How did you get out of the laundry truck? And well, they, were anxious. The they were anxious for me to go. <laughs> they said, you need to be an actor. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, that's what you realize. You realize if I don't make it, I think that gave me the resolve to say, if I don't, ma- I can't even drive a laundry truck. What am I going to do? I have no skill. So um, I started... Acting! I, I thought that was not going to happen, but I started in a, in, a, in a theater in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, they hired me as an apprentice. And I'll tell you another story about that. 
I went to audition for the artistic director and the guy before me had a guitar and he was singing and and they were laughing and clapping I could hear him in the audition and he was singing and playing and they were cheering and thank you and he came out and he turned to us and he goes bye bye and I thought oh god I gotta go in so I go in and I read and they say thank you okay I leave and I go okay about a week later I get a call and they said they want to hire you as an apprentice $65 a week yes yes um, it's like they said, and it'll only cost you $65 a week. week. But <laughs> um, So I, uh, I went in. The first play I did, the artistic director, wonderful man, incredible man, Adrian Hall, said to me, okay, now you play the guitar here. I said, I don't play the guitar. He said, yeah, you, you strum, strum the guitar. I want you to play. You need to play the guitar. I said, Adrian, I don't play the guitar. He looked at me and he said, uh, uh, darling, that's why I hired you. He meant to hire the guy the before other guy. So not only, <laughs> and you wonder why I say I don't like, have anything to offer. Where that comes just, from? It's like a freak accident. I'm hiring the wrong guy, and it's you. And so and, he was stuck with you, and therefore you had to do it. And so I thought I went home and I said, I don't think we're going to be here very long. <laughs> um, but. But you know, you I, wind up doing this theater. You wind up being the artistic director. I ran the theater uh, after a while. Was yeah. that by were they trying another guy and they just they, <laughs> they were in trouble and um, I was going to be I was the interim artistic director. You know, everything's qualified with me. I can't be like interim because I said acting. I will do this for a year and that's all. I don't want it. To, this is not who I am. I ended up doing it for four years um, because we had to get our act together and we did. And then we brought Oscar Eustace in, who runs the public, mm-hmm. and he ran it for 12 years. So, yeah, it was a, it's a great theater. I remember last time I saw you, I kept saying, well, I'm in New York. Why aren't you doing something on Broadway? Why can't I see you? And you just had no interest in doing no, it. No, no. Why? I don't know. I've always wanted to be in movies. It was just movies or nothing. Well, I mean, the theater was something that was possible. And I loved it. I mean, I love the. Th- in fact, I direct in the theater. My wife and I, she's a choreographer. We direct together, do musicals together. We rethink them and do them. I love the rehearsal process. I love being in the rehearsal hall with actors. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just love movies. I love doing them. I love, I, I love the idea of them. I never saw theater when I was a kid. I, w- I grew up in a small town in the Midwest, and I went to the movies. And um, once I got a chance to do them, I, I, that's, what I, that's where I put my focus. Yeah. Well, I can't. I have to ask you then. What was that first time where someone hired you to be on camera in a movie, and was it by mistake? <laughs> well, you'll have to ask them. them. <laughs> but uh, well, the first movie I did, um, stu- first studio movie I did, I did a Horton Foot movie uh, called On Valentine's Day, which was great because I got to meet and know and become a dear friend of Horton Foote's mm-hmm. and, I, uh, and it was just an incredible experience but the first studio movie I got was Silverado um, Larry Kasdan who I uh, love He's, but I had two scenes in it the first scene I said howdy and then the next scene seven weeks later I said you can't do that and they shot me and <laughs> that was my part Yeah. And, and I played Kelly the part owner of the saloon with Linda Hunt and Jeff Goldblum asked me one day, I was sitting in the hotel, because nobody knew who I was. <laughs> he said, well, who are you playing? I said, Kelly. And he went, oh, you're Kelly. Ha ha, Jeff. Oh, you're Kelly. So anyway, but the first, I shot my first scene the first day. Howdy. Mm-hmm. Cut, print, okay. And then I was a cover set, which means if the weather's bad, 
they go inside and shoot so you don't lose a day <laughs> in shooting. So you have to be ready all the time if it snows or... So they wouldn't let me go home. So I was in the hotel, the Hilton Hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, for seven weeks. And nobody knew me because I was the only one that wasn't working. I went to a party. Larry Kasdan had a party at the end of the shoot. And I was sitting alone in the corner because nobody knew who I was. L- Linda Hunt, actually. Linda Hunt took pity on me. She took me out for dinner, and she's a sweetheart. Let's take Kelly out for dinner. Yeah, take for dinner. Let's find out if this <laughs> we is need, really, yeah. We need to do something. Uh, he has to work on that howdy. Oh, yeah. It's got to happen. But So I'm at the party, and I'm just like losing my mind. And Larry Kasdan says, Richard. And I look up. Yeah. He said, how long you been here? I said, seven weeks. He said, no, 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 I met at the party. So, sorry. Party. Yeah, no. I was a little rage was coming a little, out. I was a little yeah. testy. I've yeah. been here for so long to do that. All right, but you've never been on this set before with me. No. So you don't know that we end in song. And so it was really great to hear that you and your wife do all these where, musicals. Where are my people? Where are they? No, they all deserted you. They said, no, we have this always song. And, you know, there's a great moment where you and Sally are sitting on the sofa and you're doing a little dance. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to do it, yeah. but you're listening to a musical on the TV. Yep. That's one of your favorites that's there. Yeah, which I can't remember what it is. Sure you can remember. I can't remember. Of course it. you can remember. I, don't, I do not remember. You have to give me some song. <laughs> Some no. piece of it you cannot leave. Uh, uh, I'm taking yeah, uh, the nomination song away. From the no, shape of water. Song from anything. Oh, song from anything. Um, um, yeah, this is pretty wide ranging. In the house, on the house, on the hill, on the house, on the hill, on the. I'm uh, the girl in the house with the house. <laughs> I was doing Jimmy Rogers from Bim Bombay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, You're not going to get the part. Wish we didn't have to meet secretly. Wish we didn't have to kiss secretly. Uh, that's all I remember that. I'm trying to do an old 50s song that really makes sense for the movie. That's a Jimmy Rogers song. And it was too. almost there. It was almost there, but I... I well, then give me a little of this before... I, I, give me a little bit of the sitting dance. Uh, I gotta do it. We'll cut. Dun, dun, that's dun, what dun. it is. Yeah. That's dun, all dun, I needed. Dun, 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 you deserve the Oscar for that alone. So, are you, do you edit this interview? Not at all. Oh, this is, Jesus. The humiliation in this will oh follow you through life. No, it wasn't. It was so very scary. sweet. Oh, my God. You had a lot to offer musically, right. and I didn't expect it. It was all going so well. <laughs> for a while. No, Richard, it is always great to Thank see you. Peter. It Thank really you. is. It all does go well. <laughs>